from Lincoln, Nebraska, presented by Unlimited Sports. This is Nebraska Football After Dark. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening to Nebraska Football After Dark. My name is Jackson Young, and I'm your podcast host. I'm here with my co-host, Masab Muhammad. Uh, the goal of this podcast is to talk about Nebraska football and its current topics. Uh, we're we're hoping to release a couple of episodes uh, as the season presses on. Um, in this in this episode, uh, we will be recapping the Nebraska versus Minnesota game um, and talk about some things that we saw in that, and then also previewing the upcoming Nebraska versus Colorado game uh, that takes place this Saturday. Uh, and with that, uh, if you want to kind of introduce yourself and uh, just say who you are and how long you've been a Nebraska fan for. Uh, yeah, my name is Musab. Um been a Husker fan, I'd say, since uh, I think I really got into it around 2011, I think is when I became a, a pretty hardcore fan. Yeah, and that, that that was right around when we were getting to the Big Ten Conference. Um, so that was a huge, like, shift there. Definitely. And uh, just to give some context of, of how long I've been a fan as well, uh, I, I kind of remember the first time I remember watching college football and specifically Nebraska football was, I think, around 2007 or 2007 to 2008 um, when we were still in the Big 12. Uh, and the, f- the first game I remember watching uh, was it was Nebraska versus Kansas. I think it was in 2007. Um, and back then you had to you had to buy games on pay-per-view. So like every game was individually sold. There wasn't like these media rights deals that we have now, you know what I'm saying? It's just crazy to think. Yeah. And so I remember like watching that pay-per-view game with my grandma, um, my great grandma in her nursing home. Uh, and they had, they had put it on pay-per-view for all the elderly people there. And I think, I think we lost that game. Cause that was that year that uh, it was that really good Kansas team. Oh, uh, the 70 point game. Yeah. Yes. Yes, oh, it was. No. Uh, yeah. I you, watched that, but I've heard about it. Yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember uh, Todd Reesing? Uh, no. Uh, he was there. He was a stud quarterback for them. Uh, but they had a, like a lightning offense and uh, unstoppable offense, and we I think we lost. But that was that year that we got blown out by USC. Uh, at yeah, oh six. I think the that that's when they came. No, it, it was oh seven. Oh seven. Oh okay. Gotcha. Yeah, forty nine to thirty one. Um. But yeah, that that's kind of where I'm at. Been at, and I've been a Husker fan ever since then. And you know, with these losing seasons, it's been tough. But yeah, definitely. I it's think, a, uh, yeah. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say yeah. I think to kind of piggyback off what you were saying, I think my my earliest memory of a game I watched was uh, I think it was the Holiday Bowl against Arizona. Oh, 33-0? Yeah, yeah, that was a fun game to watch. And then I think. Every I wouldn't watch during the seasons, but I'd watch the bowl games. And I think I remember that game. I think when we played Clemson. Oh yeah. And then I think the mm-hmm. turning point for me was when we played uh, Texas, and they got that like last second field goal. Yeah. And then that's kind of when I started like actually taking interest in Husker football, and uh, it's kind of yeah, like you said, it's been brutal um, these last few years, but uh, gotta keep the faith, right? Uh, yeah, it's I'm still a Husker fan through and through. I'll never give up on the team, you know. Um, I uh, I mean coming into this year um 
I had I had hopes for the team, and I I expected at least six and six. That was my thought, um, and I, I still have that thought, even given where we're at right now. Um, I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, I mean, coming into the season, it's hard to place expectations on a, a brand new coaching staff and. What I think they brought in sixty new players, including the the, the recruiting class and transfers. Yeah, and it's like borderline impossible to put expectations on that. So yeah, um, I was hoping at least you know got a, a hopefully a bowl game, but even then I feel like coming off of a four and eight season, who knows really with all that turnover and uh huh. And but when you look at Matt Rule's past and how he's done it at other programs, he's his first year has always been like one and eleven. Or, but this is a different monster here, and we have a lot more access to talent and resources. So, and and college football has changed since then. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think he walked into a different situation as well. Exactly, and we saw what TCU did last year after, you know, having a. I think they were four and eight the year before. Yeah. So it can be done. There's no excuses, you know. Yeah, um, he was in a way last season was like the like the anti-Nebraska like they were winning all the close games like if you go back and look at their record I think they won like I think they were like nine and one in one score games or something yeah so it was just it's kind of crazy to see that they just it was a lot like Nebraska but the luck went in their way so it's just it's wild but yeah yeah I yeah it was crazy and and you saw them get kind of exposed in the national championship you know yeah yeah well, to be fair, that Georgia team was really good. So, oh, that was an all-time great team for sure. Yeah. Um. Okay. So to kind of get into our topics here, um, Nebraska, Minnesota. Uh, Nebraska lost uh, thirteen to ten this past Thursday night. So, um, I I came out of the game just being abs. My first gut reaction was just being absolutely heartbroken and yeah. just punched in the gut yet again. And, um. When it was it was it was ten to three and we had the ball and there was about eight minutes left in the game, I thought we had it in the bag and this is going to be the game that it turns around and we were gonna we we're gonna do it and it it just didn't happen again and I just found myself just being absolutely how could this happen again like again and and then once I kind of like came to my senses a little bit I'm like well. This is Matt Rule's team, and this is his first year. We can't really say, "Oh, Scott Frost did this," you know. Or this is his team, and and they're gonna have to figure out how to win, you know. And and that was the start of it, and we'll see how they recover going into this week. But yeah, that was kind of my gut reaction to it. What was your gut reaction to it? Yeah, um, I mean, like going into it, I had low expectations. I honestly didn't expect us to win, but. Um... Mm-hmm. And then if you remember, I texted you guys before the game. I was like, yeah, I'm really not expecting much from our offense. <laughs> and I was not expecting it to be that bad, though. That's the thing. And it was just like. Yeah, you were definitely right about that. I, yeah. Based on what, what we heard in press conferences, um, I thought our offense would be better than what it was, yeah. especially throwing the ball. And J- Jeff Sims is a fourth-year quarterback. And granted, this is a new system for him, and he's learning it as well. But he's a fourth-year quarterback who's supposed to be experienced. And we we see, yes, he has turnover problems, as we've heard from his time at Georgia Tech. But I just thought he would be better than that. To, to turn over the ball three times, 
you know. And they were bad, bad too. It's like yeah, stuff that just the the first pick he threw was to me it was excusable because he had yeah that was like an arm punt essentially. Yeah, he had the just the defensive line was just in his face, you know. Yeah. And that's another thing. I was actually talking about this with my classmates today. Um, I'm like, yeah, he he had three picks, but all night like the offensive line pass protection was just was not good. And I mean, I don't know. I want to say it wasn't great, but I don't think it was that bad. And then even on that interception, if you if you go back and watch that play, I feel like he had he, plenty of time. He just needed to make a decision sooner. Yeah, he he you're right on that. And and last week we heard or on the weekend, we heard, you know, he was um a lot of the podcasts I've been listening to and shows I've been watching have been saying, "Oh, he he locked into receivers, you know. He did stare him down big time. Yeah, and he didn't go through his reads and progressions, which is interesting to me because he's experienced, and I thought maybe he would be better at that. Um, but maybe that's just something he needs to be improved on. But um, there was one show I was listening to. Um, I think it was Hell Varsity. Um, they say that they said that he had these issues at Georgia Tech too, like the locking in on receivers. So maybe it's something you cannot correct and you just got to work with it, you know. True. Honestly, I mean like that that was also <laughs> part of the reason why I had low expectations for the offense and I wasn't really buying into the mm-hmm. Jeff Sims like, you know, hype yep. to an extent cuz I'm like I mean, he was on a terrible Georgia Tech team, right? But it's not like I don't know, the, the guy had 3 seasons of uh, a subpar performance, you could say. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that just doesn't magically change with the change of scenery. Like people would compare it to, like the Joe Burrow thing. Joe Burrow didn't play like those those years before that, and he had an average twenty. I think it was twenty eighteen. Eighteen, yeah. Blew up in nineteen, so it's like not even close to the same situation at all. So yeah, I just didn't expect a a magic change like that. And even then, I was really surprised how it seemed like he basically just locked up the job instantly. You know. Yeah. Where I'm like, if this guy who who's turning the ball over like this and staring down receivers is that much better than all the other guys, it's like, what kind of depth do we have? I don't know. A little concerning. Yeah, for sure. It was definitely telling when Matt Rule, you know, he chose him as a starter that early. and yeah. It wasn't even a competition. Yeah. yeah. What I could see. It would have been interesting to see, you know, if Casey had stayed uh, for the fall. To see if maybe he could have pushed him a little bit. They're such different quarterbacks. Yeah, and people in my one of my classes today were like, "Oh, if we had Casey, we would have won that game." And I completely disagree. That that's just that's a crazy assumption. I just you don't you can't say that. It, yeah, Nebraska would have had probably a way different game plan going into that. Who knows? What. Way different game plan. Yeah. Wouldn't have run the ball. Wouldn't have QB run as much, which kept us in the game and. Yeah, just you're right. And what I and mind you, Casey was successful as successful as he was because of Trey Palmer, and we would not have Trey Palmer. Okay, I, okay. I mean, I guess I see what you're saying, but I wouldn't say successful completely because of Trey Palmer. Yeah, yeah. And if you look at, I mean, that makes sense with like Mark Whipple's like history. Like he, when he has like a top player, top receiver, he force feeds the ball to his best. Mm-hmm. That's just how it goes. Mm-hmm. Same thing they did with Jordan Addison. You would think that they didn't have any other receivers, but the way he was just getting all the receptions and everything. So, mm-hmm. um, 
Yeah, well, I think, you know, losing Trey Palmer is obviously a huge loss. I I don't think that's the only reason Casey Thompson was successful. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, uh, yeah and, and a few things I want to talk about with this game are the positives and the negatives of this. And segueing that into the negatives, uh, I feel like, you know, we the negative part of this is I don't think we have Big Ten level receivers right now you know right, right maybe we have one in marcus washington and maybe billy kemp yeah. but he didn't get he got one target that's true yeah and i feel like that's on the coaches you need to scheme up better or something i don't know you got to find a way to get him the ball but I, I i disagree with that take of i don't know i feel like we have two two guys who've proven they've they can play in the big 10 in, in kemp and Washington. Mm-hmm. Go back. I, Kemp has the stats. You know, he's he's a veteran at this point. I was saying more through one game, what we've seen so far. But that, I mean, that's also one game. You know, mm-hmm. so I don't know what happened in Minnesota. I don't know what their what the game plan was or what, but things clearly didn't go right throwing the ball. So I don't know. I don't want to count those guys out. And then, mm-hmm. I mean, they still. I mean, to focus on the positive, or are we still talking about the positives here? Uh, I was on the negative side, but you can okay. certainly stay. You can certainly stay say a positive if you want. Um, I'll just I'll just go with the negatives then. Yeah, I mean, really, it's just turn the ball over. That's the only reason they lost. And penalties at the worst time. True. Yeah, penalties were not. Yeah, but I think ultimately, yeah, it's those turnovers. You can't turn the ball over four times and expect to win. And uh, even then, yeah, because when you, even if you consider the fact that they were in the position to win the game, even that late. I think what, yeah. they have two two turnovers at that point, and they had a um, position to win. Yeah, before the fu- that fumble and the last pick, it was two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not great. So yeah, got to finish. Can't turn the ball over in critical moments like that. So yeah, that last turnover, I think, it was a pick. You know, he was Jeff was trying to make a play, and I don't. Yeah. I mean, you can't really. He was can't really blame him for that one because it was a third down and. He was trying to put a third down. I think it was. He was trying to make a play, you know, yeah. to get Alvano into field goal range. And that would have been something to see, you know. Yeah. True freshman kicker kicking like a. Mm-hmm. That would have, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. But hey, yeah. a, ch- a chance is a chance, you know. And yeah. For, yeah. Better than. Uh, but but you can't. The thing is, you cannot make that turnover because it was a tie game and it was going to be going into overtime. You have to be more careful with the football. But yeah, that one was bad. Honestly, I think the worst one was those the intercept the end zone intercept. Yep, yep. Like, I that agree. Can't happen. That can't happen. I hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. Um, you have to come out of that situation with, with at least three points. Yeah. And there, you just can't can't do that. You can't put it in that position. You know. And I I guess uh, another negative for me was uh, the coaches and the play calling. And I don't like to pick on play calling too much because I feel like that's just overrated to say that. I feel like coaches know what they're doing and we shouldn't be sitting here questioning them. But uh, the the sequence I'm talking about specifically is uh, we were up 10 to 3, right? I think it was 10 to 3. And they come out and they throw three straight passing plays. This is after a drive where we completely ran the ball down their throat. And our offensive line was finally getting some push. And for some reason, uh, Marcus Satterfield comes out, calls a deep shot to Tommy Hill, and Jeff overthrows him. 
underthrows him actually. Yeah. Was it underthrow? Oh, un- yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got him. Yeah. Yeah, and I get the thinking. You know, you want to take a shot and yeah, and just make a statement. But I know hindsight is twenty twenty. But I would have ran the ball at least on first down. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and uh, yeah, definitely. The thing is though, like Hill had that guy beat, so I'm like, man, yeah, he did. Sims puts that ball in the money. You know, we might be having a different podcast. Here. Here's some, yeah, yeah. Here's something else, like a question on that on that play though. Why is it Tommy Hill that's in there? Uh, I think I, I think they have a package for or like packages for him because he's speed. He's got speed. Yeah, he's kind of four like, four speed. Like a what? What? I think the he can just play on both sides. I mean, the guy's fast and. Yeah, hurting that receiver. They just lost another guy. So, yeah, I get that, but like, I don't know. In that situation where it's clutch and it's coming down to the wire, and you need players to make plays, when you want an experienced receiver like that can catch the ball. <laughs> I mean, I guess I see what you're saying, but I mean, it's not like they hadn't practiced that play. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and then I, I, I don't think that was on him. It's just that ball was just not thrown well enough for him to make a play on it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, you got a quarterback's got to give him a chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, let's talk about a few positives, um, and then we can roll into our a little bit of a preview for the next game. Um, a few of the positives that I thought were, I think our defense is going to be the strength of the team. Yeah. For sure. Um, I thought our our secondary was outstanding, um, which is no surprise. Um, Especially in the second half. Yeah. We completely locked them down. And also our run defense was amazing, which I think we held them to like 75 rushing yards. Which is such a difference from last season. Yeah. And years past, I mean, we, we've been getting used to seeing Minnesota gaseous in the run game with uh, Muhammad Ibrahim. Yeah, yeah. so big uh, big compliments to the de- defensive staff for mm-hmm. getting those guys ready. So, And I also thought that uh, Gabe Irvin looked good with the limited carries that he had. That was another thing I was wondering. I, I was like, I felt like the running backs were getting... Like you know, decent runs. So I just they just didn't use them very much. I guess the quarterback run was successful, but I would have liked to see those guys get more carries, especially Irvin. Mm-hmm. And going forward, I get it. If if running the quarterback is going to give us the best chance to win, then do it. You know, and but I feel like to a certain extent that's going to add up on Sims, and he's going to get hurt. You know, if running it nineteen times a game, like that's. A lot. Not sustainable. That's not sustainable. Yeah. We're not going to finish this season. Mm-hmm. We got to, like, we got to be able to run with the running back, you know, in the early stages of the game. Mm-hmm. And then maybe here and there pull out the quarterback run game um, and see where that takes you, you know? Yeah. Do you have any other positives or things that you saw? Oh, uh, let's see. Positives. Um, Even... The fact I like the fact that the linebackers look legit, even even with Henrich not playing, like mm-hmm. guys who didn't have a lot of experience, and you wouldn't even you wouldn't even know. Yeah, you saw some depth. Javen Wright looks solid. Yeah, there's and a lot of rotation on defense too. That was another thing. Uh huh. There was a lot. Usually in, in years past, it was like the same guys playing the whole game. Yeah. <laughs> now you're actually seeing a lot of different faces in there, and it's like, right. Yeah, good to see that. That's a positive. Um, got to keep the defense fresh. And all that, but yeah, 
Mm-hmm. I agree. That, that was another thing I noticed. Um, I'll say one more, one more positive. Uh, I thought our special teams were, you know, really good. Agreed. Um, finally, we saw a kickoff return. That went for some yardage. On that. Mm-hmm. He's after that play alone, he should be our permanent kick returner. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That was that was a great play by him. I would have liked to. It was, if only he had like one more block down there, you know. But um. Mm-hmm. How football is, but yeah, I think that was a great play by him. I agree with you on special teams. Um, I think that's also the result of just actually having a special teams coordinator. Uh, I think that was one of Scott Frost's biggest mistakes, not having a special teams quarter coordinator for multiple seasons. But yeah, yeah. If I could ask Scott Frost a question, it would be, "Why did you wait till your last year to have a special teams an- a coordinator, not analyst coordinator?" You know, I'm sure he was asked that question at some point, but this is interesting to me. Right. Then didn't they have like multiple block punts last season? I want to say, I don't even know. Uh, there was a few. Yeah, there was a few, which just cannot happen. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's a good uh, wrap up of the Nebraska Minnesota game. Um, let's talk a little bit about the Nebraska versus Colorado game upcoming in this Saturday. Um, it's a 11 o'clock kick. It's a big noon kickoff. So it's Fox's biggest game of the week. Um, so to give you some uh, numbers for the game, uh, the spread right now I checked earlier was it's a uh, Colorado three and a half. Um, the over under is 59 and a half. So my first question to you would be, do you think Colorado will, will cover that spread um, outright? Will they win? Actually, uh, we'll, we'll give a prediction at the end. But do you think Colorado will cover that spread of three and a half? I think that is yes. Yeah, I think they can cover that. Okay. And then the next question is the over-under is 59 and a half. Do you think it'll be over-under that, if you had to guess? 100% take an under on that. Under? I, I agree with that, yeah. People are gonna th- people are gonna be reactionary and think, oh, Colorado's gonna score forty points on us, you know. No, and not it, with our style of offense. If Nebraska is able to move the ball like okay, running it and all that, they're gonna run clock. They're not gonna give Colorado possessions. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't I don't see sixty total points unless it's a blowout, which I don't see happening. Mm-hmm. No, it. I definitely see it as being a close game. Yeah, um, Nebraska's always in close games. It's just going to be a matter of can we finally make winning plays at winning times? And mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I want to have confidence in saying that we can, um, but you just don't know until they finally do it one time. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, all right. So my first question, first topic uh, with this game is uh, what are your thoughts on – Shadur Sanders and Travis Hunter and their Heisman uh, candidacy so far. Yeah, um, Shadur definitely. I was very impressed. I was not expecting him to be that like that good. He's so calm, so poised, accurate. Arm strength was pretty solid. It's. I think people underestimate how hard it is to throw, like like accurate passes out to the sideline on a rope like that. You know what I mean? Like across the field. So. Yeah, uh, definitely very impressed with Shador. He's going to be a handful. Um, Travis Hunter, crazy condition um, to play both ways, play that many snaps. I've never seen anyone do that. So, um, yeah, Nebraska's got the work cut out for him. Uh, I think Travis Hunter, if he keeps up the 
keeps it up, I think he's a legit Heisman candidate. Like, yeah, no, no one's ever seen that before. So, well, we have seen it once. It was with Charles Woodson. Charles. Oh, that's true. Yep. So yeah, the last guy to do that freaking won the Heisman. So yeah, and even Dion himself played both ways, right. but he didn't win the Heisman. But yeah. he still played at a high level. Um, yeah. And I, I, I was just surprised that he played basically every snap on both sides. That's yeah. that's ridiculous. Like that's crazy. It's not sustainable. It's I don't. You know. I don't think it's sustainable throughout the entire season. Yeah. Maybe maybe in the beginning, like right now, when it, he's fresh and he's been training all off season for it. But it, there's no way. There's no way. I, I was I was surprised they needed him that much on offense. I mean, like, I can get like, yeah, you got to have him out there on defense every play. But on offense, I'm like, he. It seems like they have plenty of skill guys who can get the job done. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I don't think it's they need him like that. You know, you could obviously have him in there for your your you know every now and then, but I don't know. That's just me. I would agree with that, and I would say that. I think you and I had this conversation earlier this week, but he's a better corner than he is a receiver. So his his future in the NFL is going to be a corner. Like, I think that that's solid to say that. And maybe later on, like maybe next year when he's draft eligible, they'll make that move to just have him at corner only. But right now it's kind of like the novelty of playing both sides and people are enamored with that. And it's going to get, get him the hype and exposure for the draft scouts. Yeah. Um, but it's pretty cool. I mean, I, I don't, he's probably going to, they're probably gonna have that same game plan this weekend and they're going to play on both sides and, you know, quit. They're going to put Quentin Newsom on him and vice versa, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, that is wild. Yeah. I got a lot of faith in Quentin Newsom. Oh yeah. I, he's very, very steady, very, very solid corner. And you never really, you never really like when you're watching him play. He never really gets burned, you know. And yeah, he's a ball hawk. The only, the only, I mean, the only thing I think the the knock on him is like, I don't know. Does he have a single career interception? I don't think he does. Does he? Oh wow! I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think he has a single one. I don't think I've ever seen him pick off a ball. Yeah, I never really thought about that, but yeah. I guess you can't really judge it that much because cornerback is such a hard position to play. And that's true. That's true. The best, even the best corners of all time, like how many interceptions do they have for their entire career? It's not many. It's not like because no one throws at them. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's one thing I want to see from him. Yeah, it's hopefully, hopefully, force some more interceptions. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was actually going to talk about that with my next thing is. I feel like for Nebraska to have a chance to win this game, they're going to need to turn over Colorado at least once. Yeah, definitely. And make a play. That's easier said than done. Definitely easier said than done. Yes. Yes. Hopefully at least one play where they can confuse your door and make, him, make a mistake or something. Mm-hmm. But that's, um, I don't know. We'll see. I hope they can. But... If Shadour throws it 48 times like he did last week, there's a good chance he might turn over one one time. Yeah, yeah, you know, a lot of passes not to have at least. So, yeah, I really don't see Nebraska's defense getting shredded the way he shredded TCU. No. Do I think they'll put up yards? Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Colorado um reacts to our version of the three three five versus what TCU's was, which obviously I think ours is the better version of it. Yeah. Um, because 
like you said, it's our version of three three five is funneled towards stopping the running game, um, which we did versus Minnesota. And obviously, I think Minnesota has a better running game than Colorado. So um, that's true. But uh, yeah. yeah, that is interesting. I'm like, you know, we're we're set up to. But I mean, if we didn't have such a strong secondary, I would have. I wouldn't. I'd be, be a lot less confident, but they have a lot of experience and talent. Yeah, yeah. There's guys back there who can get the job done. So, um, I don't know. I hope they can slow down that pass game. I hope we don't see guys running wide open and just getting killed on these drag routes. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to cover the running back out of the backfield. Uh, yeah, oh, that's God. Luke Rhymer. Who I don't know who's gonna be responsible for covering him. Yeah, I don't know. They got a maybe Javen Wright or something, but that that kid is fast. So Dylan Edwards. Yeah. He he had four touchdowns last week. He's a Heisman contender. Was it four? Four, yeah. Dang. He had four touchdowns. That's that's impressive, yeah. And it was like and they were like all him. It wasn't even like like mm-hmm. like deep throws or nothing. It was like stuff behind the line of scrimmage and he just took him. Yeah, he had a couple receiving and a couple rushing. Um Yeah, that's so impressive. So impressive, yeah. It was basically uh they had Colorado had four receivers. That had over 100 yards. Yeah. Um, one of them, yeah, I know that. Yeah. He was one. Travis Hunter was one. Xavier Weaver and Jimmy Horn, yeah. which that's a, that's insane. That's an insane stat line to have. That, that never happens. <laughs> no. There's over 100. Yeah. <laughs> no. That's going to be definitely a challenge for us um, going into the week, the weekend. Uh, flipping it uh, to the other side, uh, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, Nebraska's offense versus Colorado's defense. What what do you see our offense trying to do? Maybe scheming some things to simplify the passing game from Jeff Sims, um, not having him sit in the pocket for so long, maybe rolling him out uh, and cutting the field in half so he doesn't have to make decisions like that, you know? Yeah. Um, you think that they'll do that? I hope so. I mean, you got to. You got to get the ball out of his hands quick, some quick hitters. I don't know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Get the tight ends going. I think you have Thomas Fedoni's too talented not to not to take advantage of his talent. Mm-hmm. And you you got to get these run these running backs going. Um, I really don't believe Colorado has the depth to hang in there getting the ball run on them for four quarters. So you gotta you gotta focus on the run game and and get your playmakers involved. So I hope they I hope I want them to be balanced. I I mean like I'd say like maybe like fifty five percent run. But even then, like I, th- I think Nebraska is going to have to throw the ball to win the game. I don't think we're going to be able to just, just hammer this thing the whole time and throw ten passes. It's just not. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say 60-40 run. You think so? Yeah. I just, I just think ball control and keeping the ball away from Colorado is going to help us, and basically playing Minnesota's game that they play. You know. Yeah. And that'll help us in. We don't turn the ball over as much with less possessions. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree. I think I think probably early on we're going to have to throw the ball more. Um, yeah, I mean, Colorado is going to come out and, and load the box. So. Mm-hmm, exactly. They're going to try to stop that QB run game. Yeah, you're going to have to back them up. Mm-hmm. I still think we'll run the quarterback, though. Even they stop stop it. Shows this, yeah. And from I think I was watching, um, who was it? I think Chancellor Brewington. I don't know if he, mm-hmm. he has a he has like a YouTube channel and he breaks down film. I saw that. Yeah. And he was talking about how their defensive ends like over pursue big time. 
Colorado's does. So, yeah, so that could easily open up some things for Sims in the run game, in the zone read game. But, I mean, I'm guessing that the way that if they watch our film, they're going to see how much Jeff was running. So maybe that'll keep them from over-pursuing as much for the running back. But I don't know. We'll see. That might open up some opportunities for Jeff if they keep the same habits. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I They're going to have to open the kitchen sink to get this win. Um, it's going to be tough on the road. It's going to be a packed house. Um Earlier, I was checking the prices of the game, the tickets, and they're going for like four hundred some dollars. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. Uh, going to be a red out like past years because I don't know. Once once your team's playing, there's so much excitement around Colorado football right now. There's just there's mm-hmm. really more fans there than like say 2018 and 19. I think it'll be 50 50. You think so? Yeah, that that's probably fair. Yeah, in 2018 it was like 70 30. Yeah, but that was insane. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, all right, uh, so I'm going to have you give a score prediction, uh, and I'll give mine. All right. Um, as much as it pains me to say it, I'm going to say Colorado pulls it out. Uh, I'm going to say 20 to 34. So 34 to 20, Colorado wins. Yep. Okay, damn. So they're going to cover the spread, too. I thought you said the spread was 60. Three and a half. Oh, I mean the over-under. The over-under was 59.5. Oh, okay. So you, they will cover the spread. Okay. Okay, yeah, yeah. I said they'd cover the spread. Oh, uh, all right. Um, hmm. I'm going to say... Oh, I haven't really pondered this till now. I think, I think Nebraska will win. Uh, I'm going to say Nebraska wins... 28 to 24. So Colorado does not cover. Um, I just feel like, I just feel like this one score loss thing is meant to just be broken finally. Um, and I just have faith in the art and our coaching staff to, to make adjustments and to get the players over the hump. And I also think to a certain extent, this Colorado, like, yeah, this Colorado hype could come crashing down and could come bite them in the rear end this week um, with all their players seeing, you know, all, all this talk about them and it could get to their head, you know. Um, it's going to be a competitive game regardless. Uh, it's not going to be a blowout. So Yeah, I mean, I just I just think we're going to get hit with the turnover bug again. I, I After just seeing the way Sims played in Minnesota, I just, mm-hmm. I, know, I just lost a lot of confidence in him. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I hope I hope you're right, honestly. But at this point, I feel like Nebraska has given us no reason to believe they can go up there and win. Yeah, that's fair. It's kind of they're going to be ranked. So if Nebraska were to get the win, it'd be a huge win. Huge, huge. It'd be our biggest win since um, I don't even know. Where would we? Be? We beat a ranked team. I don't know. It's been a long time. It's been since like the early 2010s. Uh, <laughs> so. I'd say, 2015 was the last time, right? Maybe. Since that Michigan State win, yeah. yeah. But we were we had a terrible year that year. Oh, that was a bad year. That was a great game, though. Yeah, but uh, it should be a fun game to watch. Um, you're, we'll be watching it together. So, yeah. yep. 
All right. Uh, with that, I uh, thank you for listening to this episode of Nebraska Football After Dark, presented by Unlimited Sports. We will see you next time. <laughs>